Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 206 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Today, I have the privilege to speak with Aga. Aga is Maximilian's mom, or as she likes to call him, Maxtraordinary Max. Max was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, so he had medical complications from birth, but that really didn't hold him back. He was a happy kid. He enjoyed life. He loved life, even though he couldn't run as much as the other kids. It really didn't hold him back too much. Aga is still relatively early in her grief journey, less than two years now. But she wanted to share her Max, her Maxtraordinary Max, with the whole world. Because that's what we want, don't we? We want our children remembered. I just love talking to her today, hearing her perspective, remembering what that time was like. And I know you will appreciate all that she has to say. So right now, I just want you to sit back and listen to Aga, Maximilian's mom. Thank you so much, Aga, for coming on the Always Andy's Mom podcast today. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today. Thank you for your invitation. And uh, it's an honor to be with you. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast, podcast, and I think it's brilliant. You're doing amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. And, and this is another international guest that we have on today. So we are being joined from the UK, but you are not originally from the UK. No, no, I am not. Uh, I was born in Poland. Mm-hmm. I came to England in 2008, 15 years ago. And I've been living since. Yes. I'm not going to come back so far. <laughs> Because you were telling me what your actual given name is, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce it, so you need to say it out loud. Yes, Agnieszka. Agnieszka. I think Polish people, they know. Yes, it's a very, very common Polish name. But not so easy on the English tongue to be able to get out, so now you've changed it. (laughs) So now you've changed (laughs) it to simplify it for all of us who don't know Polish. So, but I just want you to start out by talking about your amazing son, Maximilian. Oh, yes. Max is my third child. Your third, yeah. Uh, I always always say is, not was, never. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born 24th of June, 2009. He was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. It yeah. means uh, left side of his heart has never developed. Mm-hmm. I knew it about his um, problem uh, when I was pregnant. And I had three options. Termination. Mm-hmm. Max would be born and will let him go naturally because without surgeries he would not survive or give for three stages of surgery. Right. And they said we are giving him a 50% chance to survive. Mm-hmm. And first my thought was, okay, you know what? They gave me two weeks. And it was the time when I didn't speak English very well, but it doesn't it doesn't mean I didn't understand. I understood more. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you speak native language or no. Some names, body language can tell everything. And I think they were a little bit, not pushing me, but they were very, very keen go to for termination, if I can say. Wow. Yes. I felt like because it's costless. Yeah. Right. You know, hypoplastic left heart syndrome, like you know, it's a long, long way, long. It is. It's a lifetime uh, uh, problem. Yeah. Uh, but after two weeks, I decided I'm not good. I will fight for him. Yep. I started reading. Even I sent email to America to doctor. He specialized 
I don't know how it's called. They they do surgeries on fetus still in mom. Oh, okay, yeah, mom. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, they can stretch still one of a chamber, and then heart started pumping blood, and it's not severe, let's say. But unfortunately for Mark, it was too late. Okay. And uh, yes, and um, he was born twenty fourth of June. How many weeks was he when he was born? Natural. 38. 38. Okay, so pretty term, yeah. Yes. He looks like a normal, healthy baby. He he didn't have any problem with breathing. He could not recognize that he was so poly. Really? Yes. Yeah, I suppose right away you can't, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He didn't need Yes, he didn't need any oxygen. He was really healthy baby, except heart. Yes. And after 3 days he was transported to different hospital. He was born Wednesday evening and he was transported Friday and then immediately on Saturday in the morning I signed papers that he's going to have his first surgery. Mm -hmm. Yeah and the reason they can look so good at the beginning so we're going to talk a little bit medical I'm going to back up just to kind of educate people because I have taken care of a lot of kids with this so you know you have two pumping chambers of the heart your right ventricle and left ventricle and the left ventricle pumps to the body and the right ventricle pumps to the lungs primarily And in utero, in the uterus, obviously, you don't need blood to pump to the lungs because the lungs don't, I mean, not much, because the lungs aren't functioning in that way. You get all your oxygen just from mom. So because of that, they have a nice little shunt that things, the blood can easily go from the area that's supposed to go to the lungs out to the body, okay? And they've got this, this little thing. And so when you're born, you still have that. And over the first couple of days, that will shrink down. And so then it will separate those two systems. So then you have the left ventricle going to the body, the right ventricle going to the lungs. And those are completely separate systems then. because But it takes a couple of days to transition that. So sometimes the babies, even when they're born like that, it's okay because you've got that. Well, that's why, though, right away you end up need up need to intervene to keep that open. That little shunt needs to stay there yes. and not close off to nothing. So that's why you can look great for a little little bit, and why it's so important to diagnose it prenatally so you can be ready to do something really pretty soon afterwards. So I'm sure they did that and they did that procedure to keep things open and mixing. Yes. And I think he was very strong boy. Yeah. He wanted to fight because we uh, left hospital after two weeks. Wow. Yes. Some kids, they stay till next surgery. Yes. Four months, six months, like, you know, Max was strong. Max uh, on intensive care, maybe five days, six days, then I started breastfeeding him. Really? Yes, and it was not a problem at all. Yes, we had many problems, of course. Uh, Every infection was uh, scary. Then in uh, when he was four and a half months old, we had second surgery Mm -hmm. and everything was fine. We were five days. Okay. In hospital six, between we had many cardiac catheters to check if his heart is uh, healthy. But generally, he was, um, let's say, yes, at the beginning, you could see he was behind. He was behind with his motor skills. He was behind with his speech. But let's say if I compare him when he was 12 years old boy, he was just normal, healthy boy. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you've got child with medical needs, unfortunately, you, I don't want to say sacrifice because it's very, very horrible word. It means moms, we don't sacrifice life. We will do it willingly. Yes. Because unconditional love. But because of his medical condition, I have to stop working. Yeah. I have to you know, friendship, relationship, everything I think was falling apart Mm -hmm. because I needed focus on his needs, his development and everything. And I didn't work for nearly six years. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's expected really because that's what your job is, is to be that primary caregiver. Yeah, absolutely. When you have a kid that's medically fragile like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, but there is a conflict inside you, yes? Yeah. 
when you are, let's say, educated woman, you want to be independent, especially my relationship was not great. Uh, I became dependent on my ex-partner, ex-husband. And unfortunately, it didn't go right way mm-hmm. uh, in the end. And I finished uh, on my own with three kids, one with medical needs, without money, uh, on my own. And it's, it's it was really, really hard. Yeah. Despite everything that I think I you have to change your priorities yes and then when you change it you have peace with yourself Mm -hmm. you know you are now only a mom and your love is everything yeah yeah this is why at the end when you let's say you when your child pass away you cannot really just you can't really get over it because you think like 12 years of your work. Yeah, for sure. Just, I don't want to say wasted because it's really bad word, but it's... It wasn't wasted, yeah. Absolutely. It's like, you feel, why? Why? Why it's happened? Why, as a single mom with three kids, doing everything what I could, why I cannot be rewarded? Yeah, yeah. And my son can be in this 60% people who are part of them they're doing brilliant they are doing great they have normal life kids yeah maybe not normal but they are they still need to extra care pretty normal yeah but they can have normal life but not max yeah and then max well and i think we you're talking too about that you know that's been your your purpose your purpose really and your role was to care for him that you were his caregiver and it's very difficult after you've done that for so many years to try to kind of know what your life is going to be now moving forward yes it's so so different. absolutely well let's talk a little bit about max's personality because i want to hear about yeah absolutely it. because I, I was going to different uh, different way more his medical stuff max max was just amazing child like uh yeah i think everybody sorry no, it's okay. You know, we are all getting emotional. Yes. We want to talk about our kids, but then we know it's it's very painful. Yes. Yes. We wanted everybody knows uh, know about it, but about kids. Yeah. We talk about our children, but then in the end, it's an unfortunately it's a very painful journey. Max was just amazing. Just I think like Every parent, every mom could imagine your child. Yeah. Uh, caring, funny, uh, never judgmental, very social. He wanted to try everything. As a young boy, he already knew it, what he wanted to do in his life. Really? What did he want to do? He wanted to be cardiologist. Oh, yes. Yeah. And because... He always kept saying, if my doctor helped me, I would help different people because they I understand them more yeah. than they understand me. Mm-hmm. What was true, because I will know what they feel mm-hmm. because I've been through it as well. Right. right. And, and I could describe him as a young boy with very old soul. Yeah. You know, some of the kids, they are just born to bring light. Some of people generally bring light, bring happiness. Even if I was a little bit, I don't know, judge his friends because they misbehave at home or they were too often at home. Why they don't invite you? Why you always bring them here? He always tried to explain them. He he never judged them and i think i learned from him so many things yeah patient love uh happiness he was able to be he was able to see beauty in every person yeah yeah and then That's you realize good. yeah absolutely and then you are angry with with, I don't know, whoever you believe in, God, yeah. universe, energies, you are angry. Why you have taken so beautiful soul, yeah. he could have brought 
so many good things here, mm -hmm. but he was not able. So I want you to talk about your t-shirt that you're wearing because you're wearing a t-shirt <laughs> that says Maxtraordinary. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, because I think Max was special. Like I, I said, he, he accepted himself with all his illness. Mm -hmm. He knew it. He couldn't run. He knew it. He can't be footballer. But even when I got um, from his school, why you are proud of yourself? What did you do in life? Something like, yeah. he, I am special because I've got half heart. And I am oh. proud of it. I love yes. that. I love that he said that. I think I taught him to be proud of it. Mm -hmm. I always said, you are like Iron Man. You've got special heart. It doesn't matter, kids. They laugh at you because you cannot run. You are special in different way. What they cannot be, uh -huh. just think about it. Yeah. And he felt like, a, I'm special because I've got half, half a heart. You cannot have right. what you've got. Yeah. Yeah. And you can run, but you can't have a half heart. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this, like I said, he's so beauty in everything. Mm -hmm. He never stepped on ants. He he could pick up every creature from the floor to save it. Mm -hmm. It's just, just like a beautiful soul. And well, I decided to keep his memory alive with my friends because yep. my friends helped me a lot, mm -hmm. uh, that we ha I have to organize something to keep his memory alive. Like, you know, we mothers will remember our children forever. Yeah. But people move on, what is very, very normal, natural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They will remember occasionally, but somehow they move on. We never move on. No. This is why Max went to secondary school. I'm not sure, probably in America, it's high school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It was between 10 and 12. Okay. So probably middle school or junior high is what we call that here. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And I just decided that a school had 1,500 1, students, six wow. houses. Wow. It means I decided to reward one child from one house. Mm -hmm. And this is his t-shirt I can show you. Oh. Show you. It yes. says a special design M with wings. Yes. And the star because he was a star plus he loves Marvel. Yes. Uh, oh, I am nice Spider Man, like, you know, like all boys, they love yes. it. This is why it's a little bit like funky Spider Man. I love that you did that comparison to Iron Man. That's awesome. Yes. Max is from Max mm -hmm. and Max Tra because it's extraordinary. Right. It means you can be an extraordinary person. Yes. Love that. And I did this, I decided to reward, like I said, six children uh, from one house for something what people don't appreciate, but they are doing amazing job work. Yeah. Yeah. It's me. Example. I don't know. Someone looks after mom mm -hmm. because mom is ill. Yeah. And. Do they see the child struggle? No. Right, right. Because it's just, just a child, yes? We always rewarded people, like, I don't know, really good at math, yep. English, yep. or very disabled children, yes, because uh, this is what we do. We want to help families. We want to help everybody around. But kids in the middle, yeah. they are like forgotten children. Yeah. Like sometimes you've got problem with second child yes it's like i always keep saying it's a little bit like forgotten child yes right yeah right. you know mm -hmm. and this is why i decided rewarded max extraordinary people who yeah. they've done something what it's brilliant amazing and they will get t-shirt trophy and a voucher oh nice. and i hope i can keep doing it I don't know. I yeah. would love to do it every year. Yeah. And then maybe spread the word around different school. Of course, you know, it's very difficult yeah. when you work full time, when you're still single mom, when you try to pay your bills and everything. It's very difficult to do it on your own. Right. And you're a grieving mother as well. Mm -hmm.
Well, why don't we step back a bit and talk about Max? Because he was doing really well medically, right? You yes. said he was doing fantastic. Uh, yes. I mean, the surgeries yes. went pretty easy as far as those surgeries go. And he was doing well. Yes. It means when he had third surgery in 2013, this is the last one, the last surgery closed all stages mm-hmm. of, I don't want to say reconstruction because people, they think it's re- they reconstruct. Yeah, it's reconstruction. It's not. Really, it's not. It's, yeah. No, 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 no. It's something what keep them alive. Let's right, say. Right. Uh, his oxygen was still low. It means eighty-two percent. What yeah. for our normal people will be probably in hospital, but his body gets got used get, to it. Yep, you get so used to it. He developed protein losing entropy in two thousand thirteen. Okay. It means he was losing uh, albumin. Yeah. But uh, it's a little bit complicated. I don't want get into yeah. details because right. we'll spend probably five hours it means they try to do something and when you've got such surgery you've got fenestration mm-hmm. and that fenestration is like little holes yep mm-hmm. here it's a tube yeah yeah in this and the hole was closed okay they decided to open right totally and for example, after not for example, after his first surgery, his oxygen was ninety-five, and he was running. He was very, very hyper because suddenly he could enjoy it. Yes. Right, right. Oh wow! I can run without being breathless. But unfortunately, they had to do something and open fenestration, and his oxygen dropped down. Yeah. But we never we didn't have problem with proteins. And let's say we were living. Happy life between 2013 and 2019. Yeah. Let's say, yes, I knew it. Max has hypoplastic syndrome, but we traveled to different countries. He had friends. He was riding bike. Yes, he had limitation, but let's say normal life. And yes. you can see his photos. He looks like a normal, healthy boy. Skinny, smaller, but healthy. And unfortunately, in 2019... Against a little bit my will, yeah. doctors, they decided to close his fenestration again. Right, to try to get him a little more energy. and mm-hmm. Yes, because they wanted to improve his stamina. Yes. I asked them many, many times, are you sure if we close it, protein-closing entropy would not come back? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, based on all, you know, details, I'm sure 100%. Yeah. Not really. You know... When you as a mother, you always have this kind of intuition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't go somewhere. Don't do something because, you know, and then you blame yourself why I didn't stop it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you can understand me. I mean, it's easy for me to tell you not to, but it's. Yes. And you know that you shouldn't. It's one of those things that you know intellectually. You didn't really have a reason to say don't do it they would have thought you were making a horrible decision right no but you know i knew it as a mom it was wrong decision and as a mom they didn't give me a chance to to make decision yeah. it means okay we improve his stamina he will have oxygen 95 uh, but it's a risk risky protein and entropy can come back or he can live with 82 percent oxygen but he cannot run and I will go for a second option, but they didn't give me. They were overconfident. Yeah. And I am getting angry with you know, I'm talking about it because in England, they still cannot deal with protein closing entropy. Mm-hmm. I know in America, because I try as well, you know, medicine is more advanced. They can do many different kinds of things and heart transplant is easier than yeah. here. Right. And despite everything, they took a risk. And everything, everything from cardiac catheter, everything started really, really badly. It means they tried to reverse what they did. It didn't work. Uh, They put him on steroids. Max hated. Uh, You can imagine being on steroids. It means his feature change. He had this Cushing Cushing syndrome, Cushing syndrome. So he gets all puffy and yeah. Absolutely. Lump on the back. And he hates himself. He really hates himself. And despite it, he was very confident. He always looked at himself. Yes, I am fat. Mm -hmm. 
um, so-called kill kit, and he was wearing eighties uh, glasses. He had long hair, and he was yes obese, if I can say. He put on weight two stones yeah. during few months. I'm sure just because of all that steroid, it can just do all of that to you. Absolutely. And despite they were doing yes. everything to reverse it, they couldn't. And they decided to, to transplant. Okay. No, not transplant. Refer. They refer him to the heart right. transplant right. team. Yeah. It was COVID. Unfortunately, like you know, COVID didn't help. No. And during the COVID, they did heart transplant assessment with different hospitals via Zoom. Mm-hmm. My anger is getting bigger right because how can you assess someone via zoom why you did it with max but another children they have chance mm-hmm. it means why you didn't see us face to face yeah i'm sure many moms they have the same problems when you've got child with medical needs mm. and then life was going for three years up and down up and down all the time medication yes albumins they were up then Max struggled with osteoporosis because of steroids. But he still was, let's say, happy boy, if yeah. I can say. Happy, still bubbly, still funny. He's got really, really... He knew it when he can say something just right, like a yeah. sarcastic nature, but in a really funny way. Yeah. I, I can tell you a story, for example, when he was really, really small, Batman, I allowed him to watch Ward Z with Brad Pitt okay and yeah yeah he loved it he loved all zombies I don't know he was maybe seven years old because he was watching with his brother and we went to do x-ray and we were waiting in like a waiting room and one woman she walked past by like you could see she she was maybe after stroke okay and and very loudly he pointed at her mom mom look zombie for from Ward Z oh my <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Because she was walking like, yes. Oh, zombie. Yes. And uh, and despite everything, they couldn't find solution for him to yeah. stop losing albumins. Yeah. And then they opened totally fenestration in 2021. Yes. Sometimes I'm losing, you know, (laughs) oh, you know, like sometimes you don't remember. In 2021, they opened his fenestration totally and they stopped steroids because they have side effects was horrendous. Yeah, really. He really struggled. One day he said to me when blood test every one week, two weeks, he didn't want any magic cream. He was really, really brave. And uh, he said to me one day in the car, mom, do you think uh, it was, do you think when I go to heaven, I will be still in pain? Oh. I said, why are you talking like that? Oh. And I said, no, no, I don't know, Max. I said, don't, don't talk like that. And uh, he said, if I don't feel any pain, I wanted to go. Oh, that's just heartbreaking for a mom, isn't it? Yes. And I think he were, we were having more and more conversation like that. One day he even asked me, mom, I'm going to die. Uh, and I was, I think I was part of me. I knew it can finish yeah. badly, but I always try to have hope. Like, no, no, no. Right. Max was strong enough. Right, right. There's, there's no way he can die. There's no way. Right. But it, and the long story short, Max contracted influenza A. Yeah. And uh, of course, with illness, with flu, he started to have, unfortunately, very bad diarrhea. Yeah. 20 times, 40 times per day, literally. And he started losing weight. And albumins, they dropped down. And we were admitted to hospital. And of course, like Max, picked up. He was fine. But they asked me to be prepared for everything. They involve palliative care. Yeah and um, hospice but you still don't think no not my son not my son no 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 no. and then we came back home we bought a card max uh, asked for a card we bought a card and again many many medical things happened 
that yeah. I even don't want to talk about it because I'm getting sure. angry. And then I could blame doctors. I could blame many people. Mm-hmm. We Generally, the deal, the deal was we are coming back to home because it was good for Max's mental health. But he will have infusion from albumins every two, three days. But he didn't have it for one week. And he deteriorated very, very quickly. We were admitted again to hospital. Uh. They suddenly, they came up from ideas. Okay, again, heart transplant team. And we will do something different. We'll have a meeting with bigger team about doing, you know, you with bowel, with protein cleansing entropathy, you've got holes in your bowel or holes in your lymphatic system. And they tried to do something with it. Everything, let's say, was prepared. We were waiting for transport to another hospital to heart transplant team. Nine days and transport never came. Max was complaining the day before that leg, one leg feels funny. But, you know, legs. Yes, he had osteoporosis, let's say, and everything can happen. But during the night, we couldn't move him. He was screaming. Three of us, we had to take him to toilet. We, mom, my legs, I, literally my first thought was, okay, it's broken. It's broken because osteoporosis, because of medication. I don't know, some somehow, I don't know. And in the morning, his blood pressure dropped. His uh, heartbeat was 170. Suddenly, I could hear only code blue around his bed was all ICU team, intensive care team. Very quickly, they took him to, it was 10 o'clock. They took him to intensive care. They sedated him a little bit to put central line, to pump as much as they can medication for blood pressure to make it higher. And unfortunately, Max died six o'clock. Wow. Wow. It's one of those things that you, when you tell it in a long story, it feels like it, you know, and obviously we all know the end, right? We all know that Max was going to die. And so you kind of see it coming. But when you're living it, I don't think you do see it coming. No, no. I think you you just live from one thing to another and he just always makes it through and you think, okay, so maybe he broke his leg or what, you know, you think you've got another obstacle in front of you, but I don't think you think it's the last one. No, especially right. when he we had a really nice evening Saturday. We had pizza. Uh, we were talking about heart transplant. Uh, he said, oh, mom, can I send a letter to the people who will give me a heart because I knew it someone has to die and I said of course yeah. you know we were talking about it but everything was fine everything was fine yeah. and I knew it it might come but I didn't know right. it would be like we don't know generally and I don't think you want to let your head get there you no. don't want to even think about it well, you can't. I mean, that's that's the thing. You can't. I always, I mean, to every mom I've talked to, to no matter how you lose your child, if you lose, uh, lose your child after a long illness and it's really expected, say cancer and you knew weeks yes. and weeks and months ahead that they were dying, or you lose your son like me in a car accident, in some ways it doesn't matter because you can't really know what it will feel like after they're gone no absolutely i mean you think you can prepare yourself but you can't no never you can't it's just so unbelievable no to even live in a world where your child isn't no no you know and every grieving mothers we know you will never be prepared it doesn't matter how ill your child is or how Mm died you are never prepared and saying you know I know I listen to your podcast about your story. You know, when you see all lines, all people trying to save your child's life. Yeah. It stays with you all your life. Yeah. And you're always asking why. You're always asking maybe if I have done something different, he would have lived. Yeah. And we still don't know. Yeah. I think we all do that. Yes. We still don't know cause of his death. Of course, it's heart failure, but why? Yeah. Some few people can think it was sepsis. It's look like, mm-hmm. 
some of people, they said maybe he had a clot. Yeah. We don't know. I wondered about that myself with that much pain. You'd think maybe he had a clot in his leg, but uh-huh. Yes. And all together because his body was just tired, just tired. Yes. Yes. As, you know, you see everything. You see every medical team trying to save his life. And then suddenly everything stopped. Yeah. And it's this kind of silence. When they ask you to be with your son, when they ask you to wash his body, and yeah. you do it everything like a robot. I couldn't yes, even right. I even couldn't talk to him and I blame myself now. Why when he was on intensive care I couldn't I couldn't talk to him because I literally I I don't even remember why why my ex-husband was there. Uh I called him uh, to to come because Max is dying, was dying. Right. And he saw Max one week before, only 40 minutes. And we were laughing with Max. Oh, how long your dad will stay with you? 30 minutes, 40. And we were, yeah. yes, like, oh, if 40, I will buy something because this is your, <laughs> your time. That's a record or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And And he came and we didn't even talk to each other. We were like stranger. Uh, he had no idea what is going on. He had no idea about his medical issues, nothing. And my kids, older kids, I've got 22 years old daughter and 18 years old son. They came. I asked them to care, to to come with my really good friends, but they were too late. Yeah, they were too late. Max, Max was gone. And I think you live with pictures with this trauma the last minutes all your life I always wanted I always had like say my wish with I wanted to deal with God if you want to take him take him during the dream or take him during surgery but he was taken really unexpectedly yeah right what I cannot deal with it right and I think my world totally collapsed because, let's say, my life is connected with my children. As a single mom, I've been single mom for since I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, up and down. But since I remember, it means I've been raising my children on my own. And suddenly, especially with child with medical condition, when you know you have to give them medication, you have medical employments, you just live for it. You just, yeah, you're yeah. used to it. And it's yeah. normal life. And suddenly, one day is silence, nothing. You're coming back home. Yes. There is no, you are not needed. Right. Because right. all the children, you know, my daughter, she, she just finished university. She doesn't live at home. Older son, he's with friends. And suddenly, you... You, I don't know. You don't have a purpose. Yes. You don't have a purpose. And literally everything is taken away. Your identity. Mm -hmm. Everything what you have built for 12 years. It's mm -hmm. not here anymore. And you have to rebuild your, your world. Yes. And you don't know how. Right. Right. Nobody yeah. is going to help you. Nobody is going to tell you how. You have to just do it. You have to keep going because you've got only one choice, two choices, yes? Right. You keep right. going. Maybe three, I could say. You've got three choices, in my opinion. Everybody can have different opinion. You just decided to, you are going with your child, what is very, you know, we all have thoughts like that, yes? Especially at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to still protect your child no matter what. This is why you want to be with them. Mm -hmm. Then you are giving up and you are very depressed or you try to live no matter what and enjoy life. Yes. I'm still in the middle in both worlds. Trying. Yeah. Trying right. Right. Because it's only 16 months since Max passed away. But it's very, very difficult. You push yourself to do something. And uh, after my, when Max passed away, I came back to my work immediately. 
it was crazy because I didn't have time to grieve. Yeah. You know, you keep yourself busy, 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 busy all the time. And then you've got this kind of... And it feels like that's the smart choice. No, absolutely no. No, you have to grieve. You have to have time when you are the most miserable person on the planet. Mm -hmm. Because you are. When grief hits you, you cannot breathe. Yeah. And it makes you physically tired, sick and everything. Right. And you just don't want to feel that way. So you think, I'll just stay busy so I don't feel that way. But you have to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, I hate it. Because it won't. If you just push it away for a while, that's all you can do. And it will still come up and grab you. Absolutely. And but I, I like I said, I've been working since Max passed away. Over time, I had only two weeks off when before his anniversary. But unfortunately, grief is very unpredictable. It hits you everywhere. You go to shop, you cry. Someone asks you about how many kids you've got, you cry. You want to celebrate. Some people are against it. Some of people, they are happy to do it with you. And it's a very, very difficult journey. I think the hardest journey on the planet. Yes. Nobody, I think nobody can imagine. Only I think grieving mother can understand another mother yes yes because you can't imagine it no matter how much you try your story reminds me very much of my dear friend Stephanie who is of course on one of the very very early episodes with me and because she lost her daughter at 12 and she was a long kind of illness and she even went to therapy to prepare herself for Kian's death and she wasn't prepared She wasn't prepared. She did all of this and she wasn't prepared. And she talks so much about her purpose and her support system. And, you know, going from medical appointment to a medical appointment to medical appointment. I mean, all of those staff, those hospital staff, they become like your support, almost your friends. And then your child dies, they're gone. And it's not like they're, I mean, it's not their fault that they're gone. There's no reason for you to now see them. And they may send a very nice card and all sorts of things. But, I mean, you just feel really alone. Yeah, especially when, I don't know, if you've got a partner or family around. I don't have family around. My family, they are my friends. Right. And uh, and they help me a lot. I think without them, I am not sure I'll be here. I will be so, you know, it's just they are amazing. But suddenly it's even not about that you don't do this all medical stuff. Suddenly, even in financial way, I'm not sure about system in America, but in England, when you've got disabled child, you've got support from government and part of you, you feel secured, especially as a single Mm -hmm. person, single mom, you feel secure that no matter what, if you work or not, you'll survive. Mm-hmm. And suddenly this kind of financial security is taken away in few weeks and nobody asks you. Which is so crazy, right? Because you're in way worse shape now than you were. Absolutely. And then you can only imagine, okay, I was lucky enough that I had a job and I could come back. But there is many mothers, they looking after child with medical condition. They, they couldn't, you know, do any jobs. They couldn't go to school uh, because priority was a child. And suddenly everything is taken away and nobody really cares Mm -hmm. if you survive or no, if you can pay your bills. What is really, really crazy. You've got only uh, two weeks for, uh, let's say, grieving process. Uh, Okay, you can take longer, but generally according to government. And then during six weeks or eight weeks, everything is taken away. And how you're going to, as a grieving mother, find a new job, new purpose, new life, it's impossible. That is impossible. It's impossible. Some of mothers, they struggle all life. They will never be the same. We never be the same, let's be honest. No, No, none of us will, but yeah. But, you know, somehow you have to, you have to find a purpose. Yes. It's just this kind of emptiness and part of you you've got freedom with you know in my case 
yes, because I don't right. have this all medical staff, you know, living with child with medical condition like Max, it's living with massive anxiety. Yes. Because every holidays, we have to have extra insurance every holidays. If something happened the day before, we can't go. If something happened, it's his illness was right. unpredictable. And you live with higher level of adrenaline or cortisol all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. All your life. Yeah. Because and this is your life. You, you're just used to it. You love it. Yes, let's say. You yeah. hate it, but you love it. And then suddenly it's gone. Yeah. It's literally gone. You don't have it. Yeah. You don't have it. And you've got freedom. I can, let's say I could travel, yes, around the world if I could. I could do many different things. But I hate it. I hate that I can enjoy life. Yes. I'm sure. I hate it. I'm sure you do. I hate this kind of free time when I can come back home put my feet on the table and say, okay, okay, I cannot do it because I've got a lot of work to do, but I can't do it. I don't need Right. You could sit down and watch a movie or something, right? Absolutely. And I I don't need to to worry if I have call from school because Max has migraine, Max doesn't feel very well. And I hate it because I miss it so much. Yeah. I miss this kind of responsibility when... I was needed. Mm-hmm. He needed me. And I think me and him, we were so close. It's like nearly soulmate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We literally fought the same. And we, it's just, he he was mini me. Yeah. And <laughs> this is why it's so difficult to live. To live without him. Yes. To see bright future, to see the sun. Unfortunately, when you get older, you sometimes you are getting more tired. You don't bother, and then when you don't have purpose, you're asking yourself, "Okay, how long? How how long I can be miserable? Yeah, what is my purpose now?" And yeah, it's it just you you and you put put mask on your face at you know. Like probably you yeah. do it as well. Oh, yeah, I do. If you ask my colleagues from work, they will never probably said, oh, our guy's miserable. No. <laughs> I'm always happy, bubbly, smiley. But then I'm coming back home and I crash. Yeah. Crash in the evening, in the morning, but very rare in front of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I know this is my journey. This is my journey. You keep the mask on. You keep the mask on. Absolutely. This is my journey and my children's journey as well, because they struggle. They struggle in different way. I'm not sure about your children, but my daughter, she prefer. Yes, she, we talk about Max, but she doesn't want to do many things connected with Max yeah. because she struggle. And but my older son, he when Max passed away, he had to be medicated because he couldn't he couldn't function because they were like best buddies, watch the same movies, watch play the same games, you know, like two nearly teenagers because Max was twelve, Victor was seventeen. But now Max doesn't exist for him. Right. He doesn't want to talk about him. Nothing. If he sees me upset, it's just too painful. He just avoids me. He doesn't, he cannot just cope. And I know I'm worried because one day grief will come. Yeah. Like a tsunami. Yes, you're right. Because he's, he's a teenager and he just doesn't want to show that emotion. Yes. And he just feels like if he just pushes it away, it'll just go away. Absolutely. Absolutely. And grieving journey is very difficult journey. I've got therapy as well. I've been doing therapy since Max passed away. Counseling. Mm-hmm. Plus I try because I had such a bad post-traumatic syndrome disorder. Everything what's happened during the you know last hours of Max's life. They decided to do EMDR therapy. I've movement. I wondered therapy. if you were doing that. I did yeah. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helped. Yes. 
I think it, I, I hate doing it, but I think it really does help. Uh, I hate it. I'll be yes. honest. Mm -hmm. It's the most traumatic therapy I have ever had in my life. Uh, yes. Because you have to go <laughs> very, very deep. I, I know. I totally know. It's so funny because when I go to therapy, I always think to myself, am I going to have to do EMDR today? I really don't want to do EMDR yes. today. And yeah. I feel like if I want to try to talk about other things enough, yes. then maybe we won't have enough time for EMDR, even though I know it really helps me. It has helped me. Yes, I was exactly the same. I few times I said, can we do happy therapy today? Music <laughs> right. therapy, art therapy, and I did as well. I had part of art therapy. Yes, and I don't, yeah, and she doesn't do it every time. I just can't do it every time. No. But it has gotten me to the point where I can drive past the accident site and not, you know, have to pull off the side of the road and because I'm throwing up. I mean, that's yes. what it used to be like. Yes. So it's helped a lot. I still need to do more work and it's been almost five years and I still need to do more work because I stopped for a while because I hated it so much. Yes. But it turns out it really is helpful. Yeah. I stopped my last session last this week uh, and I said, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. It's every, every, before every session, I literally physically, I was sick. Yeah. It's like massive, massive anxiety, uh, sickness, because I knew it, I have to talk about something what is very painful. Right. And I think maybe sometime you will be able to do that again. But yes, I, maybe. For me, I needed a break. I just yes. needed a break. Yes, in me as well. And it sounds like you need a break now, is you just need a break. And if at some point in time, you know, you need to go back and do it again, it, you know, my therapist always calls it kind of like layers of an onion. Like you just, you just do kind of layers at a time. Yes. To just get rid of some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Pain that you will be able to function better. So, but you just can't do it. Just keep going at it, plugging at it. It's really hard. For me, for example, every, at the beginning, uh, if I had to go to hospitals for my blood test, for, I don't know, just, just normal, normal things. Every time it was me for a trauma, smell, right. seeing doctors, just like the, the little triggers. And but the right. little triggers, it was open open wounds open many many dark doors i always keep saying i try to compare grief and grieving process like you are in the middle of a dark forest and mm -hmm. you've got this kind of hope that you will see light and sometimes you see light you're going towards mm -hmm. and then light disappeared again and again and again and it's sometimes it's darker sometimes it's getting brighter, lighter, but you're still in the middle of a forest. Right. Yeah. I love that analogy. That's perfect. It really does feel perfect. And it's just there's everything can, when you touch tree, there are triggers. Yes. Yeah. And they can be with you all your life. Because there was always, I'm not sure about you, but I leave, usually with kids, you leave Christmas sing yeah say it's like mm -hmm. normal family let's say dating calendar i live now what i feel guilty about it i leave max's death max's yeah. funeral and max's birthday yeah. and now will be max's reward and again this is my year now not christmas yeah. because you know christmas is horrendous christmas is I hate Christmas. I always hate Christmas, but now even more. Yeah. How are you going to survive Christmas? First Christmas. Yes, we survived first Christmas. We didn't stay at home at all. No. We couldn't. We couldn't. We couldn't because Max was always very excited about Christmas presents. And we had very Polish tradition as well. We baked cookies, different kind of dishes. And I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. We just decided to go away to totally different country when they don't uh -huh. celebrate Christmas and and it was less painful. Still painful, but right. less painful. We flew to Las Vegas. Oh, nice. <laughs> I've never been to America. Maybe one day. <laughs> anyway, Las Vegas is a crazy place to be at Christmas and doesn't really feel like Christmas in the middle of the desert. It was it was perfect. Actually. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Actually, it was perfect. And I spent time with my aunt. So, yes. Yes. <laughs>
Yes. It, People thought it was crazy that we were flying on Christmas Eve. We're flying to Las Vegas, but it worked out. Yes, because you don't want to celebrate. But then if you've got younger children, you have to do it for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have younger children because... Yeah, we did. We did. And we had some people that actually bought us Christmas presents because I just couldn't do it. And so this yes. very nice. I don't even know who did it. Somebody. Oh, nice. Just bought us my kids Christmas presents. Yeah. Yes. I still don't know to this day, five years later. Now so. I make a deal with my uh, children. Okay. We are going somewhere or do you want a present and stay at home? We decided to go yeah. abroad. And uh, but this yeah. year, my son, he wanted to stay at home. Yeah, and it can be different every year, right? It can be different every year. Yes, absolutely. But it's it's the Christmas, birthdays, they always trigger uh, more. And it's like journey will end with me. And, you know, it's just life, ter- life journey. It will never end. And you're right. You kind of just count. Right now I'm on a countdown because a month from tomorrow is the is the five-year anniversary of Andy's death. And it's like I'm counting down every day, dreading this yes. coming, dreading the month of August coming. And it's not how I want to live, but it's just the way that it is. Yes. It's just the way that it is right now. Yes, absolutely. And closer to any anniversary, it doesn't matter what kind, yeah. you cannot cope physically, mentally. And then week after or two, again and again. And it's like... Um, vicious circle you cannot escape yeah you have to learn how to to live and and it's yeah. it's a difficult journey very very difficult journey and uh, nobody can understand no one you're right unless you're living it you can't really understand yeah. it and i don't want people to be able to right because if you understand it it's because you've lived it yeah i love listening stories especially when yeah with people who They've been grieving parents for 10, 20 years. Some of them, they, I think, give you a hope, give you hope that yes. might be a little bit better. You still grieve, you still cry, you still have your little breakdowns. Right. But it, the pain isn't quite so sharp. And it's not for me, right? I'm five years in almost, and it's not as sharp as it once was. So I, I hope that we can give people a little bit of hope by telling stories. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And some of people, they they uh, work too much. Some of people, they they use medication. No matter what you do, you have to cope with your pain. This mm-hmm. pain, even I cannot describe, I think I cannot yeah. find words on Polish or English dictionary to describe pain. Right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much as well. For sharing your extraordinary, or extraordinary yes. <laughs> Maximilian. I loved hearing about him. And I really appreciated what all you had to say and what you've been going through. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. It was lovely. Hopefully uh, you understood me very well. <laughs> With my Polish accent and sometimes twisted words. <laughs> I did. I feel like I did. <laughs> That is okay. It was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really lovely. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful or would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.